It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Please pray with me. God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near now. Amen. Mark's gospel and this portion of the text in particular is a timely, if not confrontational, meditation on identity and mission. From the very beginning of the good news, we sense an urgency. One will understand later, but the pace of the story is quick. Something is happening, and it's happening fast. Jesus has just returned from the wilderness and begun a ministry of healing empowered by the Holy Spirit. He has just appointed the Twelve. But all this activity, the inbreaking of the Spirit, the destabilizing miracles and healings he performs are displays of a power that stands in opposition to the religious leadership of his time. Jesus of the love your enemies, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you, is a troublemaker. A dreamer on the loose, he is saying and doing things that are contrary to the ways of the world. Jesus is de and reconstructing the way they see and operate. Perhaps most challenging of all, his family, his mother, brothers, and sisters think he's lost his mind. His acting out of character has led to his family's staging of what we'd call today an intervention. They intend to rescue him using force if necessary. Opposed and misunderstood, Jesus states his claim, expounding upon what or who stands in the way of what for him is a necessary and most urgent shift. The kingdom of God is at hand. Anything that threatens it must be called out. Jesus will not be discredited with false accusations about where his power comes from, and empowered by the Holy Spirit tells us quite heatedly and in no uncertain terms that there is not nor will there ever be any connection between the power of God and anything demonic. God is in the business of freeing and healing and the powers of darkness cannot contain or stop this work. God in Jesus and emboldened by the Spirit has come to subdue the strong man. The jig is up. In this passage, Jesus' words are a correction and warning, but they are also an invitation. Jesus, Marcus Borg says, is the decisive epiphany of what can be seen of God in the world. And God in Jesus tells the world it's time to bring about the good news. In partnership with the Spirit, Jesus says it is time. The triune God is in full effect. And the good news of that is carried into the world by those who do the will of God and everybody's invited. So let's take a look at that important piece of information about family and the will of God. Whoever does the will of God is my brother, sister, and mother. Do your ears bristle when you read the last lines of the chapter on kinship? 
I know mine do. Accustomed to a system that is, if not indeed, in word proclaims family first, we clutch our proverbial pearls at Jesus's dismissal of the significance of purely familial or bloodline relationships. But Jesus isn't negating the role of family. He's making a point. Jesus is expanding it. Whoever does the will of God is my brother, sister, and mother. That last part can't be separated from the passage that begins with verse 13. The 12 Jesus called and commissioned unto himself, the 12 appointed to preach and heal, to do as Jesus did. This 12 become, are made into disciples by doing. And while in Mark's gospel they get it wrong a fair amount of the time, they nevertheless, nevertheless become and are made into this family of disciples through their attempts at obedience. They are the family of God. Beyond our understanding is a world where we move beyond personal internal transformation to the business of collective work and responsibility. It is not enough now, nor has it ever been enough to simply hear and believe. The task of joining the movement is put before each of us to actively serve the kingdom. Jesus grasps, adopts, and knits together this broader scope of community, and we respond to it in obedience. And that obedience, Jesus said, is thicker than blood. The family of God hears, believes, and is known by this special kind of love. He won't let us draw our usual lines. This rule-breaking Jesus shatters the glass of any boxes we create. So there you have it. The straight no chaser Jesus confronts the crowd, personalizing with eye-to-eye -eye contact, which is ultimately an invitation. You, me, we, each of us, are invited into this sacred relationship, one that is grounded in a communitarian sense of living, a bigger and more expansive sense of self. Alignment with the work of love seems to make space for us to be and become more of our true selves as members of a mission-minded, united whole. Belonging in the family of God is defined by commitment. We have to hear these words in context, read them with urgency as they speak to a time of great conflict and potential danger. We have to hear them as we live into what it means to be church in divided times. I read this and see Jesus' response in context with the demands of ministry in a crumbling world to keep the movement together, to keep the community together, to ready them for the hard things ahead, to be church in divided times, Jesus breaks down any sense of familial presence or preference. Any walls between insiders and outsiders must come down. Everyone is granted an all-access pass to the work of love. Jesus proclaims an all-inclusive love that stretches our understanding of what it means to be a family of believers. So why this message 
and why this word for us today? As we emerge from the disruption of a pandemic, we have a few good questions to ask of ourselves and an opportunity. What are and will we remember the lessons learned? Must chaos and tragedy frame our commitment to each other? Who are we and what are we capable of in this moment? Could this be an opportunity to begin anew? An opportunity for rebirth? The pandemic pulled us together in many ways, but largely we simply acted as family. As Jesus would do, we responded to the brokenness and injustice of the world. We fell back on our humanity, our intrinsic and basic desire to care for and acknowledge one another. When all the ordinary divides and systems cracked open, people rose up to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We rejoiced with those who rejoiced and wept openly with those who wept. We relied on each other to not hoard basics like toilet tissue and hand sanitizer. We relied on each other to be safe, to wear masks, to protect each other. Despite our distance, we grew together and came to depend on our neighbors, to take care of, to shop for, to arrange appointments for, to live into the demands of what it really means to be a true community. We learn to appreciate the everyday warriors and saints among us. It wasn't easy, but we did that. We learned that the church is not a building, but a body of believers whenever and wherever we are gathered. We learn to expand our sense of hospitality to be more inclusive. And that meant learning new skills and exploring new technology. We opened our eyes and hearts to the many ways gross systemic inequities impact the marginalized. We tried and continue to try to make those wrong things right. We marched together and had hard conversations about race and police brutality. We learned that the ministry, the work of love, cannot sit idle in the pews of the church, that much of the work of love is in the streets. It's in the community, and it is the particular task and labor of the family of God to open the doors of the church to all. Chaos and tragedy framed our active commitment to each other, but that doesn't have to be true of us going forward. As with the hearers of Mark's gospel, we are at a crossroads to step into the unknown of what lies ahead in what we hope will be a post-pandemic world, the opportunity is ripe to begin anew, to with Jesus look at those around us and invite them into the will of God and the work of love. At yesterday's vestry retreat, we came together to tell stories, stories that sparked or shaped that initial obedience in each of us. Some of those stories were mystical and courageous. Some were broken and filled with grief and hardship. But each of those stories helped us bear witness to the expansiveness of God. We did this exercise as a way of building trust among a group of individual believers. But what we were also doing was the work of becoming, uniting ourselves as a body of believers committed to the work of love steeped in our identity as the family of God 
and dreaming about what we might be capable of, what might be possible in this moment, if we press into the challenge of collective work and responsibility. We can accomplish infinitely more together than we can apart. Jesus invites us into this radical reorientation where we do as he does in full submission to the will of God. We do this work together. We know this is where the magic happens. Some call it crazy, this complete and utter turning toward a Jesus who requires nothing less than our total obedience while knowing we're incapable of it. It is crazy, but the kingdom is at hand and the time is now. Church in divided times demands a radical inclusivity, a transformational allegiance to the recognition of just who Jesus is. Perhaps the only ask is that we take the leap from religion to faith, faith and an active spirituality, that we say and do this thing called yes. Today, I invite you to quiet yourselves for a moment, just one moment, in this lovely church, bathed in the prayers and songs the joy and tears of the many who came before us. And listen, listen for a moment. Listen for the invitation. Can you hear it? As with the disciples, we are made by doing. It seems even the effort makes us. In doing, we take on the sacred work of becoming the family of God. Can you hear the invitation, your personal invitation into a love without limits? God, in remaking the world, positions us to, in word and deed, rise to the challenge of this radical reorientation, this pursuit of solidarity with all humanity. No bloodlines, no boundaries, no walls. We, the whole messy, troubled, imperfect lot of us, are invited into the family of God. Will we accept the invitation Will we re recommit to our individual roles in it? Will we do the work? Will we partner with God and be the church? Amen. <laughs>